Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Really glad to have this guy back. He is one of the most knowledgeable guys that I've ever met. He's also become a very good friend. It's Dr. Jesse Lopez, Inspiration.Health. Jesse, how are you? Good to see you. I'm doing great on this fine Friday. You know, it is a fine Friday, but you know, you've been sending me stories for the past couple of weeks on these stupid shots, on the stupid mandates, on some of the uh, freedom of information requests that have come through, and now we're finding out even more things. But I want to start, I think, where we left off last time. We just had the CDC board vote 15 to nothing that they recommend adding COVID shots to the recommended round of vaccines that kids need to have to go to public school. When you heard about that, what did you think? I couldn't believe it. It just blew my mind. How do you recommend something like that without proper data? There has not been the proper studies to look at the long-term effects. Even boosters now are being recommended, and there's been absolutely no studies done on the boosters or the effects upon the children. And we're asking the children to potentially experience a vaccine that has a significant myocarditis rate. We know this, we've seen this, and yet they're still pushing it forward for a mortality rate of point. And this is the CDC's numbers, a mortality rate from the age of zero up to the age of 21, a 0.0003%. Why would we ever recommend something like that for a mortality rate so low with such a high risk profile? It's a great question. And you're right. These are the CDC numbers, the same CDC. They just voted to recommend this. But, and this is speculation that I've heard. And if you want to comment, great. If you don't, that's fine. But um, the allegation is they were about to lose EUA on the Moderna and the, and the Pfizer shots. EUA is emergency usage authorization. If they lose that, people can then start suing because of the adverse effects from these shots. But if the CDC recommends it as part of your round of shots before you go to school, they have immunity again. Had you heard that? It, and I have not heard that, but that analysis is correct. If it is recommended, then it helps remove the liability from them in terms of them facing any kind of culpability for what they perpetrated. And that's one of the things that I actually wanted to talk to you about today is that I think it's very, very critical if someone has been harmed or injured from one of these vaccines, that you take the important step of reporting that particular provider or healthcare system to your local State Board of Healing Arts, stating that you did not receive the appropriate informed consent. And as a result, you have sustained significant harm because the only way that we're going to stop this is by putting it before the different commissions and boards and legislatures with changes in legislation as well as litigation right. or else this narrative is not going to stop. You've got uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez with you and uh, go to inspiration.health, inspiration.health. That's the full website. Don't add a bunch of stuff, just inspiration.health. He's got a lot of these studies up on his page. He does telemedicine as well. You've got a number here that the government actually published that says how many people out of 310 died a month and a half after getting the shot. Tell Because this number to me is, is startling because I think it's still low because it's a government number. I think the number is actually higher. But they're even admitting this, which blows my mind. Tell, tell, it's, it's, I don't know how big the study was, but they're now releasing, they're admitting that people are dying from the shot. What are the numbers that you have? Yeah, so, so this was the, from the Office of Statistical Analysis. And it was a pretty significant number when you look at the, the number of individuals that were actually being harmed because of the vaccine. This is actually available um, in the, the European data. And that's another sore point is that all of this data is coming out of Europe and Israel. The United States does not 
dive into it, the CDC and the FDA and the Biden administration are so in bed with one another on these facts and figures that we, we really can't see what's going on in this country because they won't analyze it because they'll find the same thing. It was startling to find just overall in terms of the adverse effects um, from these vaccines in Europe that this startling data was recognized. And this is just coming out. We're going to have that data on our website. It's been so significant in Europe, as a matter of fact, because of this data that Sweden, for instance, stopped the vaccine just even on November 2nd, 2022, for those under the age of 30. And that was the Novavax. It's amazing. Well, well, I want to stop you there because you've actually sent me this. Government publishes horrific figures on COVID vaccine deaths. One in every 310 people died within a month and a half of receiving the COVID vaccine booster. Let me ask you this. As a doctor, can you tell if somebody died because they got the shot? I know they're dying after getting the shot, and we've seen video after video of 20-year-old athletes falling flat in their face dead. We're hearing about people just pathologists who, who are saying, yeah, we're pulling out clumps of, of congealed blood like jelly out of their veins after they die. Um, what can we say about whether they're specifically dying from the effects of the, of, the, of the jab? It can't just be a coincidence, can it? No, it's not a coincidence. First of all, that data also showed that after the booster, it was within 48 hours to two months that these in- individuals died, one out of 310. That's pretty quick. So that's one of the ways that you know is that if the uh, death occurs pretty quickly after they've received the booster, so that could be 48 hours, that could be two months, that could be six months. If someone passes within that time frame after receiving the vaccine, you have to be highly suspicious. You can do pathology, but you have to look for specific markers, including protein, types of clots that are present, et cetera. Because as we know, the clots that we're seeing that are causing people to die are not typical blood clots. They are this thick um, protein type of enveloping protein that's not like the typical fibrin clot that we see. A pathologist like Dr. Cole, who is well-known and who's been researching this and evaluating this, can assess um, if it's been directly related to the vaccine. And if you get this thick jelly-like substance in your veins, that'll stop the blood flow. You'll die. Absolutely. It's uh, Dr. Jesse Lopez, inspiration.health. Go to his website right now. He does telemedicine. He puts all these studies up on his website as well. So you can go. These are all either peer-reviewed or from the government. Um, a FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, reveals that what Pfizer and the government said wasn't happening is happening when it comes to women who were pregnant. Fill us Absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah, so we published on our website quite a while ago the cumulative analysis of post-authorization adverse event reports from Pfizer when they were sued by the Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency Organization. And of course, when they were sued, um, Pfizer had the FDA come to their aid and the FDA actually hired attorneys from the Department of Justice to try to prevent the data from being released to this organization. So it was Pfizer's lawyers and the Justice Department's lawyers and they didn't want to release the information for 55 years, but right. a judge said, no, 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 you got to release it. Well, uh, a wonderful organization called LifeSiteNews.com really did a nice analysis. And it actually linked into some of the information that I shared on your show a while back during the height of the pandemic in terms of pregnancies. Pfizer, in Table 6 of its description of missing information, looked at pregnancies and subsequent loss of those pregnancies after vaccination. And they always try to cover up the numbers so you really can't understand what's going on. 
But what they found was that out of 270 pregnancies, they had no outcome or no data that they could provide on 238 of those pregnancies. Come on. So that's pretty darn significant. Where did all that data go? So, Joe, that left 32 pregnancies, left 32 pregnancies to be evaluated. Out of those 32 pregnancies, there were 23 spontaneous abortions, two premature deaths with neonatal death, two spontaneous abortions with intrauterine death, and one spontaneous abortion with neonatal death. That comes up to a pregnancy loss of 87.5%. That's crazy. 87.5%. Now, you know, what's even crazier is that within this same article, they referred back to a New England Journal of Medicine article that I shared on your show during the height of the pandemic. And this was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And what's interesting is that Pfizer had this data back in April of 2021. This is when that was put together. And this is on our website, okay? This statistical analysis that was done by Pfizer. This article by the New England Journal of Medicine then came out in June of 2021, and it was talking about pregnancy and the vaccine and how it was safe in women. And it stated that there was only about a 12% loss of pregnancy um, after the COVID vaccine. But this is where it gets really good. A really astute individual named Deanna McLeod, who's a professional cancer data analyst in Toronto, read through, and what she found was that they included 700 women who were in their third trimester who had been vaccinated in with the group that suffers spontaneous abortion, which are women within their first trimester. A spontaneous abortion is defined spontaneous abortion if it's within the first 20 weeks. So the ladies that were in their third trimester, which was 700, they don't qualify, but they included them in that study, which gave them the 12% rate. So if you take them out, then you've got a rate more like what you said in the first study. 81.9%. 81.9%. So what they do is they manipulate the data. And even in the, the correction that they published, they did not put in that statistic. They did not put in that new denominator when the New England Journal of Medicine published its correction. So there's a lot of collusion. It's not fair to the American public. It's not fair to our patients. It certainly doesn't allow for informed consent. A doctor couldn't give informed consent if he wanted to because he's not getting proper data. At the end of the day, it's Dr. Jesse Lopez. Go to inspiration.health, inspiration.health. At the end of the day, what we have is a situation where we, we know a little more now a little more than we knew two years ago because they're telling us they knew this, it turns out. They did studies, it turns out. They also didn't do studies at all to find out whether the shots stop transmission um, or stop you from getting it in the first place. I mean, they didn't even study it. So in other words, they said, well, no, we never said that. Yet I have all the ads that I still have. I have all the literature that I still have from the government, from these uh, pharmaceutical companies that all said, this will keep you safe from COVID. If you tell me it'll keep me safe from COVID, Jesse, I think that means I can't get it if I take this shot. And that was never true, was it? No, it wasn't. It's very misleading. And you never heard Pfizer come forth and say, uh, well, we never said that. We never said that, uh, you know, you couldn't stop the spread of it and that you couldn't catch it uh, with our vaccine. It just might reduce hospitalization. We never said that. Well, it, why didn't you stop the federal government from saying that? Jesse, I'm going to stop you there because the, the CEO of Pfizer said it. 
He said it. The, the, the yeah, guy who heads Pfizer, he did say this will stop, this will protect you from COVID. Now, you can't possibly tell me it'll protect me from COVID if that means it'll protect me from a symptom or two. No, that means I won't get it. And then Biden said I wouldn't yeah. get it. And then Saki said I wouldn't get it. Then Walensky said I wouldn't get it. They all lied. But you know what blows my mind even more? In a recent debate for the New York governor's race, Kathy Hochul, the one who ended up winning over Lee Zeldin, and she shouldn't have because she's nuts, she, in the debate, said... Had she do it, had she to do it all over again, she still would fire all healthcare workers who wouldn't get the jab. And her reasoning was people should not feel like they might get COVID from the healthcare worker when they go to the hospital, which is nuts. Because whether you're vaccinated or not, you can still give it to somebody. It's misleading. It's a lie. And people fall for it time and time again, and they're still falling for it. And you're absolutely correct about the CEO saying that you can't catch it. And now they're singing the tune that we never said that. And so that's that's the misinformation that continually spins around in these organizations. And I'm glad you brought those points up, Joe, because I have a great article here from Reuters. And I want to kind of, if we've got time, Go ahead. kind of give a little quick education to Please. your listeners about how to identify the fluff in an article when you read it. Because what happens is we're going to see more and more adverse complications reported and acknowledged. But at the end of the articles, they always try to downplay it. They always try to soften it. So Reuters just ran an article, and this is dated October 28th, that the European Medicines Agency Committee on Friday recommended adding heavy menstrual bleeding to the list of side effects from nRNA. First of all, I'm going to ask you, why hasn't the FDA done that? Because I have brought numerous studies and reports to you that show that it causes irregular menstrual cycles. I'll take it to another step. Let me just take it to another step. You and I have talked about this for over a year, that it does cause problems in the menstrual cycle, while the government, the FDA, the CDC, the NIH, and the pharmaceutical companies all say that's not true. In fact, it was called disinformation on social media. Over and over again. And then wonderful people like Dr. Peter McCullough and others get railroaded by their certifying uh, boards that they're going to challenge them and try to decertify them when they're speaking the truth. And this is absurd. This is dangerous. It prevents good information getting to the public that they need to know. But, 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 but here's the problem, because I trust you. I trust McCullough, Urso. I trust uh, you know Malone when he's on. Um, but I have access to you guys, and so my listeners do as well, and my viewers do as well. The mass majority of the public in, in America, although I've got millions of listeners, nowhere near the whole population, they still believe the crap. So how do we cut through it if the, the organizations that we pay for in the FDA, NIH, and CDC, if they're all lying, if the president's lying, if, if Hochul, the governor's lying, then how do, we, how do we get through that, Jesse? Because there are still people right now who are suffering from that mass formation psychosis that if I'm not vaccinated, I'm somehow dangerous. If I'm not wearing a mask, I'm somehow spreading it. If I'm not you know, keeping my kids home from school, I'm a bad guy. How do we get through that? Well, multiple ways. And one of the ways you mentioned on your show this past week, because I've been listening to you all week long, and I've loved all the information and interviews. You've done a great job Thank this you. week, so kudos to you. It's been fantastic. Thanks. You told people to get involved. You said, if you don't get involved, then it's on you what you get. What you reap is what you sow. Yeah. And that means that we have to get involved in the political process. We can't sit back anymore and just wait for somebody else to do it. Doctors, nurses are taking a stand. Uh, the person that's working over at Walmart or working for the police department, they have to be willing to get involved too and run for your local school board, run for your local community offices if you can't do something nationally. Support a candidate who does. We held a couple of fundraisers here in my office for some wonderful candidates who support.
or medical freedom. So that's the first place that we have to start. Secondly, we have to keep working on taking control of the House and Senate so people can be held accountable. Because if they're just allowed to sit there and and espouse the same garbage over and over again to to CNN and MSNBC, that's all they're going to ever hear. And so that's going to be critical is this particular election. And hopefully we'll get control of these two houses and something else can be different. But, But lastly, I want people to vote with their pocketbook. I want them to find physicians that support freedom of information that will not be stifled and go to them instead of the corporate medical conundrum where you won't be heard. Support the physicians that are in private practice that are uh, out there putting their necks out there for you. Go see them, find them. There's many organizations out there that you can link up to. Yeah, uh, make sure you do that. Uh, you get together with uh, with Dr. Lopez over on his website, and maybe they can help direct you somewhere locally where you are. It's inspiration.health. You'll see all the documents that he talks about on my show. You'll get great uh, um, information, plus he does telemedicine. Dr. Jesse Lopez. Jesse, thanks a million. I appreciate you. Hey, glad to always be here on your show and share great information. Thank you. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for being here. Although I stopped doing the weekend with Joe Pags a while ago, I want to get my Saturdays back. If anything breaks over the weekend, I'm not averse to, to jumping on the live stream and, uh, and doing some stuff there. So make sure that you're following over on the live stream and you, I'll, I'll put it up on my social media if I do end up doing that. If something breaks, something, they start calling some of these races. So, so, uh, keep that in mind as we go through the weekend, as we do some pop culture. Oh. Dirty pop. Hi, Polo. What's happening, brother? So I'm sure you're familiar with, uh, that comedian Gallagher. Yes. The guy that would smash the watermelons or whatever. Hilarious. Uh, unfortunately, he passed away today. How old is, was Gallagher? He was 76 years old. Wow. I did not realize he was 76. Great, great. If you haven't seen him, go to you. I'm very sad to hear that. Go to YouTube and look up Gallagher and see him smashing watermelons. Have you seen it, Polo? Have you watched him? Uh, I've seen it a couple times, yeah. Pretty funny to me. All right. That's Polo. That's Sam. That's Carrie. I'm Joe. We'll see you next week. Bye. This is the Joe Pegg Show.